0: Welcome, everybody. It's time for another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. I'm Phil Huber from Shop Notes magazine, along with Logan Whitmer from Popular Woodworking and John Doyle from Shop Notes and Woodsmith. And today is episode number 164. We're going to talk about some new tools, uh, making uh, a few things for your shop, and also just a general checkup. It's been a couple of weeks, and we're running out of summertime. Want to say a big thanks to Tight Bond. You want a glue that you can trust, and fortunately, Tight Bond has the glue you need to get the job done with confidence. From interior glues with strong initial tack and short clamp time to exterior glues with exceptional strength and water resistance, look to Tight Bond, the right glue for your next project. For more information, visit tightbond.com.
1: This podcast is also brought to you by Grandparents. Grandparents, the people to come up and watch your kids, so you can podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, that's my parents aren't here. That's bullcrap. What you got a bad, bad set. for kids to be at summer camp?
1: Yeah, you know what? They shouldn't have to watch my kids, but you know what? They should have thought about that before they had all these grandkids. That's right. Yeah, what yeah, were they, they thinking? Did it to themselves. It serves them right. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, my wife's back in school. She's a teacher, but the kids aren't back in school yet. We're in that we're in that week of limbo. Yeah. So.
2: We have that next week. It's like summer camp's done, school doesn't start till Wednesday.
0: It's yeah. Like, what do you do with the crotch goblins for two days?
2: Right. They just yeah. watch
1: each other.
0: Yeah. Free range. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the jungle wants them, the jungle can have them. Mm hmm. Yep. All right. On unrelated business, I was at the state fair this past weekend and looking through the poultry barn. Okay. And thought of you, Logan. Okay. Because they had two different species of runner duck yep. on display, which was super cool. So uh, yeah, I have talked
2: for a long time about getting something that lays eggs, whether that is chickens, ducks, or platypus. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think platypus eggs are very good to eat. Yeah, but you know, I I just haven't done it yet. But the runner ducks are super cool, especially since they look they look like my spirit animal. They just look dorky. You know what I mean. <laughs> Like they just look dumb.
0: Yeah. So yeah. they run
1: all upright. And,
0: yeah. yeah like, well, well, they have the like. They look like the unholy offspring of a regular duck and a bowling pin.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, kind of. <laughs> they're
2: they're ba- now the Affleck duck is not a runner duck. He's yeah. just a white duck.
0: So they had the but... the white runner ducks, which is usually what I've seen. Yeah. And they're, in my opinion, generally a little larger. But then they had some smaller. What were they? Brown, yep. Brown runner duck or something. It was a little smaller, and they, they looked a little cooler. It was, just kind of fun to see them. The the
2: brown runners almost look like they almost look like a hen mallard, kind of, just darker. A little uh, bit. They kind yeah. of have that that same modeling type look to them. Um, see, I wonder now. Not to go morbid on this, but I wonder what their like meats like, right? Like. <laughs> Because they have such an odd shape. Like, are they like chicken tender breasts? Is that what they mm. are? Like, you know, they're not like the, the chonky chicken breasts. They're the small, thin tenders. Is that what these runner ducks are like? Because that's kind of the shape that they are. Right. Maybe.
1: And are they really tough meat? Because they're out just
2: running around all running the time? Yeah, Real I do Yeah, uh-huh. well, but you figure ducks are swimming no matter what. Anyways, they're always using yeah. their legs. So, that's true. Yeah. you know, not that I don't generally keep duck legs when I shoot ducks, occasionally if they're big
0: ducks, but yeah. mm, Alright, that's our discussion yeah. question for today. If you have experience <laughs> with runner ducks in terms of either eggs or the meat, I want to hear about it You can put that in the discussion, or in the comment section on our YouTube channel uh, or send us an email woodsmith at woodsmith.com I've, I've also strongly considered quail
2: mm. Okay for quail eggs I mean that's like plus then I can train then I I can train the dogs with them yeah that's
0: like two different ends of the egg size spectrum though that is yeah I know
2: oh have you seen the cute little quail egg openers they look like little scissors and they cut the top of the quail egg off because they're so small you can't really crack them right it's like three quail eggs to every chicken egg I'm like hmm you need a lot of quail to make up a (laughs) <laughs> breakfast well my kids don't need eggs so it would be fine
0: right yeah I mean it's all fair yeah all all fair okay so I saw this was just a curious curiosity to me rather than trying to promote a specific type of tool but in the world of table saws yep if you start thinking of like the big honkin' European sliding table saws, a lot of those, because they're designed for primarily breaking down sheet stock. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those will have a scoring blade on it, yeah. which is just like a little tiny saw blade that runs in the opposite direction of the main blade. And it's just in front of it. So it, like what it says just it's usually only raised like a 32nd of an inch or something like that to just perforate that the face veneer so when the main blade cuts comes through and cuts you have a really clean cut and saves a little wear and tear on the main blade from having to be a cutting blade and a smooth surface blade if that makes sense and then I got a promotional email from Festool that they have a new track saw coming out their 60, which is their big size. So this is already a big saw. And it has a scoring blade on the track saw, which I I thought was kind of crazy. I saw it in February
2: when I was at the festival event. Oh, you did? Okay. Um, Yep, and I actually cut with it. Yeah. Um, It's they've designed this for um, the uh, Festool's main industry is like or their their main consumer is like the industrial professional market like us hobbyists are a very 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 small portion of what they sell to right? Sure. Um, So that saw is designed for like the countertop installers the guys doing a lot of stuff with melamine and laminate that's okay. why they designed the saw, according to the Festool themselves. Right. Um, so the the item that they had there that they were cutting at their um, marketing event was, like, plastic laminate-covered, you know, particle board, basically. Like, a, like think of a melamine countertop. Um, and it leaves a really clean cut. I mean, you know, I think both of you guys have probably used our Festool track saw that we have in the office, and it yeah. is in my opinion, the nicest cutting track saw you'll find. It cuts so clean, um, so this just is that to the, you know, nth degree. But okay,
0: yeah. Was it? I don't know. Was it chunky? Like, was this a difficult it's a saw big to move around? Thick. It yeah, was thick. It, it was. Thick. Thick. <laughs> it was a
2: healthy <laughs> saw. Um, now I've I've put my hands on the Makita track saw which the Miki, uh, Makita has a 36 volt so it runs off two 18 volt batteries um, okay. it's a 36 volt track saw cordless obviously um, with a three and a half or three and nine sixteenths inch depth of cut so that's I mean that's a deep cut it'll cut you know three and a half inch wow. thick stock yeah so it uses a nine inch blade something like that I think okay um, so it's a big track saw it's not any larger than that um, okay now, I will say Festool Festool doesn't trim any of their tools down. I wouldn't say any of the Festool stuff, you know, if you, they're not lean and mean by any means. They're well built, well built and they're well designed. So, right. I think some of that goes into like there's a big shroud on it. There's a big shroud because it does really well at dust collection. So, you know, yes, it's probably slightly larger and slightly Chunkier than like a comparable track saw from somebody else, but there are reasons for it. It's not because of a lack of design. It's actually the opposite. It's because it's designed better, I think, in my okay. opinion than other ones. Yeah. So it's a big, I mean, <laughs> it's a big saw. And if I remember right, it's a pretty pricey saw.
0: Well, I'm sure that uh, it is. I'll put a link yeah. to it on the show notes page, but I, I guess just seeing it with a scoring blade was kind of an interesting Yeah interesting development in the sense that you know if you looked at historically like what we've shown in our magazines popular woodworking included you had the you had the time when the editors were young and healthy and trying to show off so you're breaking down full sheets of plywood on the table saw stupid as the staff ages then you start having articles and techniques about taking a circular saw and a cutting guide or whatever. And then you break down the plywood into manageable chunks, so to speak, but then you're still finishing all your cuts on the table saw to the point where you have track saws now that are like, that's stupid and is two extra steps. So how about we make our finished cuts with the with the circular saw because we're not trying to prove anything to anybody anymore. And now we've taken it a step further and gone with what is included on a high end cabinet making saw and putting it on yeah. a portable tool. Yeah.
2: And I, now I think I, I feel like I have fallen into that, you know, I'm just gonna make the final cut off the track saw the proper steps and the quote right way to do it, you know, in my mind would be to break it down and then finish cut it at the table saw. Like you don't use a factory edge, you know, like there's that type of thing, but for most things it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, if I'm using plywood on a, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't even know where I would use plywood that having something perfectly parallel would really matter that much. Um, but I I agree. I think, a, and I think a lot of people have realized them. Why why not just make your finish cut off the track saw? Like it yeah. gives you that nice of cut generally. Um, now thinner thinner stock, you know, quarter inch. I'll still take to the table. So I had John help me rip some um, plywood the other day for these doors I was building on on video. Um, that's like yeah, I'll just do it. Um, I will say it is the point where I reach for the table saw versus the, I don't reach for the table saw, bring my stock to the table saw, um, versus the track saw is if I only have four foot tracks and I don't have them connected together, you order know what Oh I mean? yeah. To make a, like um, a,
0: essentially a rip cut.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm like trying to rip a full sheet, um, and I only have a four foot track, yeah, you can scooch the track. It just never really lines up as well as you want it to. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I agree with you, and I think that a lot of people have started to shift to track saws versus trying to break stuff down on, on sheet goods. I would be interested to hear from, like, you know, the Felders and the Grizzlies and, you know, all these people that make these big sliding saws if they are seeing a decline in the sliding table saws. Right. You know, like, are their sales going down not only because of track saws. I think that's probably a... a you know much smaller impact on that market but I think you know large-scale CNCs are yeah. probably taking more of that market than their tracks saw
0: yeah John you worked in a cabinet shop before coming yeah. here what was the what was the mo for breaking down plywood sheets there
1: uh, we had one of those big European um, sliding table saws. Oh, yeah? In that shop, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they could chuck a four-by-eight sheet of plywood if, you, uh, if you're you not holding on to it. Kind of, you know, go in at an angle with it or get kind of squirrely. Yeah. You know, I learned that in my younger days, so.
2: I mean, I, I guess, like, if you think about it, like, if I'm thinking about if I'm going to build a cabinet shop out Say, I was, you know, leaving the magazine and I was going to build out a cabinet shop. I'm not putting a sliding table saw in
1: there. No, there, I mean, I'm, it was huge. It had a huge footprint.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, and like, I figured I'd probably be putting a big CNC in there and then letting the CNC cut out all my parts out of a sheet of plywood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause then I don't yeah. have to, I just have to lift up the sheet of plywood to put it on the CNC and then yeah. psh, I can pull off finished parts, basically. Yeah.
1: And honestly, that's what we would, um, Outsource some of that with uh, shops that had CNCs just to cut yeah. out all, because it's like honestly you don't want to sit there and mess around and just cut out square supply wood.
2: Well, no, when
1: when a computer can do it and put all the whole like, you know the holes in the in oh. the hard the hard like for hinges, you right. know if you're yeah. European hinges and stuff. I mean it's just messing around with jigs well, and stuff. So. especially since you, you
2: guys were doing like stock type. I'm saying stock type cabinets right. right like I mean they were all basically the same form so if you have that drawn and all you're changing is sizing of stuff
0: mm-hmm.
2: you can let it do everything I mean you can let it do shelf pin holes you can let it I mean, you could do rabbits if you wanted to mm-hmm. on the cNC you know not that yeah you know that's how I want to work yeah. necessarily but if that's the if that's my if my livelihood is building cabinets that's that's sure as right. heck where I'm going. And I mean we
1: we were a custom cabinet shop, but honestly ninety percent of it is standard boxes. Yes. Right. So let the CNC do that. And I mean if you think about with those sliding table saws too, for breaking down four byte sheets of plywood, you're it's a basically a sixteen foot by sixteen foot footprint because it's like you gotta feed it, you know, eight foot each way and then same yeah. thing side to side.
2: So Yeah. It takes up a ridiculous amount of space, so yeah. Um, for anybody that is interested, the TSV60KEB from Festool. So, the plus, which is not the plus FS, which I I think the plus FS includes a section of track. Mm-hmm. Um, the sixty without the track is a thousand dollars nine ninety nine. Yeah, nine hundred ninety nine. Under a thousand dollars. Under a thousand bucks for four easy payments. Um, with a track, it is uh, eleven $1, seventy five. Um, and it's interesting. I didn't realize what the scoring blades looked like until I saw it in person.
0: It, it kind of look like slot cutter bits.
2: It's exactly what it is. Like you could throw a slot cutter bit on there and work okay. just fine. Yeah, right. like I, like I was expecting it to be a tiny <laughs> little saw, of like a bitty bitty teeth. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's like a. It looks like a slot cutter bit. Mm. It has two cutters on it, and that's it. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was on their site too, and I see they have a cordless table saw.
2: Yeah, yes. that was released. Okay. That was
0: released at that event as well.
2: Yeah.
1: That's
0: cool. That yeah. one I would be interested in seeing in person. Yeah. And how that how that operates i mean it's just a little guy but yeah it is it's but very it's, small
2: um could be handy there was something with it though there's some some feature that i'm like oh that's really cool for those people but i don't remember <laughs> what do you name. mean those people those people well those people i mean like trim carpenters right yeah like, I don't remember if it snaps on top of their sustainers. So, like, as long as you have, yeah. like, some of their system, it's, like, you can set it up like a, you know, job site cabinet saw, even though it's, like, fits in a suitcase. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it They make cool stuff. Like, and I was, I don't remember who I was telling this to. Um, I, I don't remember who I was saying it to. The thing I didn't realize about Festool, and I know I understand that there are people that hate Festool just because they feel like the stuff's overpriced. There are Festool fanboys. Mm-hmm. Like, I know there are people on both sides of this debate. Right. But one of the things I did not realize about Festool that I think is kind of cool, when Festool the company discontinues a SKU. Okay? So say, you know, they, they've made their CAPEX for 15, 20 years now. Say today they said, We're, we are discontinuing the CAPEX today they will carry parts and support their capexes for 10 years from today
0: yeah okay. which is
2: interesting to me so they'll repair yeah. them they'll do everything it doesn't matter if you bought it 20 years ago 10 years from the discontinued date is when they will continue to service that which is pretty awesome and they do all their service in um lebanon indiana where their headquarters is well where their north america yeah. is yeah i was so, going to say because i think festool
0: cool. is german for starts at a thousand dollars yes
2: yes and actually the festival in Lebanon is actually set up the. this is a very German thing my dad's company is the same way their headquarters is in, is in Germany the factory everything is set up identical to the German one so if somebody comes from Germany to the festival in the US or vice versa they know where everything's at like the door fixtures are exactly the same like it's just a very German mentality um which is, okay. is kind of funny. It's kind of cool. So, yeah. Mm. And actually, Festool started as I saw uh, lurking on some of the vintage machinery forums. Festo, F-E-S-T-O, was the precursor to Festool. Festool,
0: yeah.
2: Um, and they made some really cool, like, industrial-type machinery. Like, yeah. you know, stair tread routers. Like, it's just is this huge thing. You put stair runners in, or stair stringers and it routes in the treads at a certain... It's super cool. Just weird, stupid stuff that I'm like that's awesome. I don't need it, but God, it would be cool to have it. (laughs) Maybe I need to find a friend that has it, so I don't have to. There
0: you go. There you go. Well, I do remember it was a few years ago uh, and by a few, probably like 10 now, there was a guy on YouTube had like a Festool chain mortiser that he had fixed up. So it looked like your standard hollow chisel mortiser, except it was like these little tiny chainsaws that would plunge down and make the mortise. And I'm like, that is super cool. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know.
2: um, I don't know that there's been a single tool from Festool that anybody's had it's kind of a dog. Like I think every company kind of has their dog tools, but I don't know that Festool has had one. Now they have some very specialty tools. I'm like, I would, I would never buy that thing. Right. Um, they had a, uh, at this marketing event back in February, they had also released a reciprocating saw, sawzall. Okay. Um, and I'm like, yeah, like a Festool sawzall. Like I get it for those people. Again, those people, um, (laughs) It weighed, like, 78 pounds. It was so heavy.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Um, so I'll be interested. And, and the guys there said, look, we know it's heavy, but it's German-built. It's guten heavy. <laughs> it's not
1: It's not for your little weak North American arms. <laughs> that's right. That's
2: right.
1: <laughs> yeah, you keep saying those people, and you said earlier, like, it. the Festool's for, like, the commercial woodworker market, you're – uh discounting the fact of uh the retired doctors and lawyers. That's woodworkers. I, no, I'm not nope, I
2: mean, I'm not discounting them. I'm just saying. Because yeah. they're they buying are, festool too. They are, yes. Oh yes, one hundred percent. I know a lot of I know a lot of like layman like layman, like n- average woodworkers, like average level woodworkers <laughs> that buy Festool mm-hmm. stuff because it's their hobby. That's what they want to buy. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine.
0: That's true there are a certain there is also a certain segment of the woodworking influencer crowd that likes to have their YouTube backdrop as being a big rack of uh sustainers mm-hmm. yep. and little little green sustainer locking badges and whatever so
2: yeah, and lots of those people were at this marketing event that was there was like three of us from magazines there and then there was a lot of people i'm like i don't know who any of these people are and it's like going to a frat party they're like bro 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 (laughs) and i'm like the best tool bros bros. yeah there was a lot of women there as well so like not not just men there was a lot of women
0: influencers there as well so good to be very clear thank you to Titebond. You want a glue that you can trust, and fortunately Titebond has the glue you need to get the job done with confidence. From interior glues with strong initial tack and short clamp time, to exterior glues with exceptional strength and water resistance, look to Titebond, the right glue for your next project. For more information visit tightbond.com. So bring it on! listeners of the shop notes podcast where are you on the festool divide or are you trying to find some kind of middle third way here
1: yeah i feel like we we've stirred up uh the shopsmith crowd there for a little bit Mm -hmm. and like are we just trying to stir the pot here and try to get yep
0: yeah. That's what we do. We're
1: shocked
0: podcasters. Yep. We, you know, you like put a thumb in the eye of all the t- intarsia folk and mm. <laughs> people who like to use ash for making stuff. Yes. And yes. Red cedar. Cedar. Yeah. yeah. hmm We're just going to upset everybody. Yep.
2: Yep. Oh,
0: man. Although a couple of weeks, we're looking at like. Was it two, maybe three weeks? Three weeks, I think. Two and a half now. Two and a half weeks until handworks when the center of woodworking attention, like Sauron, turns its eye to Iowa. Yep. Out in the Amana colonies. About a, I don't know, what would you call that? Hour and 20 from here? Hour 15, yep. Yep. Well, hour
2: 15. For me, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hunt. I hunt right there, so I know. Like, I get right. up at three thirty in the morning and have to leave by four, and I'm there by sunup. So
0: there you go. Okay.
1: Yep. Starts two weeks from today, September first. That's okay. right.
0: It sure Yep. So. I will be there on Saturday, September second. Yep. Um, I'm going to be traveling there, actually. Both of my brothers are coming down and my dad. Oh, cool. So the four Huber boys are going to be trolling around at Handworks, looking at some stuff and hanging out. So if you're going to Handworks, I'd love to see you. Say hi. Um, I won't have this backdrop with me, so I'll be in my mild-mannered alter ego get up. I'll
2: be there Friday and Saturday, but unlike Phil, don't talk to me. (laughs) <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, I have a buddy coming up from Atlanta. Uh, he's written for my magazine a couple times, for Popwood a couple times, um, and we're gonna shoot a we're gonna shoot a project while he's here. He's staying with me, and then we'll be we'll be there Friday and Saturday probably. I'm okay. guessing. All
0: right. Depends.
2: On, it depends on how freaking hot it is. To be fair.
0: Yeah. Like, which yeah. is funny because they used to do handworks in May. The previous ones were all in May. Yep. And in Iowa, that can be a little bit of a crapshoot because you could just as easily have snow or rain yep. or really humid, warm spring weather.
2: Yeah. The the one that the Studley Tool Chest was here on display, was it was dreary and misty and rainy that day. Oh, man. Yep. That's no, the I day remember. we happened to go see the Studley. Yep.
0: Yep. So, you going, John? Uh, I'd like to.
1: Because I we'll think the last... I never, I never know what I'm doing until the, that day. So Right.
2: He has uh, to check with his daughter <laughs> to yeah. see if he can go. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know one year the whole design group kind of carpooled out there. Yeah. Yep. Was, I think it was the last uh, handworks that we had.
1: And it was yep. in the spring. Yep. So,
0: 2017, I think, was the last one. So, Like we've said before if you're coming up for handworks and you want to catch a tour of the woodsmith media empire here we'd love to have you on uh, well i'll be here friday and logan won't but if you're coming any earlier than that to stay it's just an hour just a little over an hour drive west from the amana colonies Mm -hmm. you can come take a tour um show you around what we do here and then, uh, see what's going on out of handworks. So, so you're doing a chair build. Yeah.
2: Yep. Um, so my buddy Rusty is bringing up, um, I think he's bringing up two chairs, I think. Okay. Well, I take that back. So I, I brought him a, I drove down to Nashville for a photo shoot with Charles Brock, um, the Highland Woodworker, anybody that watches that. Um, And Rusty, being down in Atlanta, drove the four hours up, because I, in my truck, brought down an entire white uh, pine log that I cut for Rusty into chair seat blanks, as well as a handful of pieces of walnut, maybe some cherry. Um, and he said, he basically, like, dude, like, you just hooked me up with more material than I will ever need. He's like, for chairs. He's like, you know, I'm gonna build you a chair. So, I think he is. I think he's building me one. But then we're also gonna do one in photos. Uh, okay. And it's gonna be kind of an overview on the chair making process, not necessarily a,
0: not necessarily a, start to finish.
2: A, yeah, not necessarily a start to finish chair build because we are using uh, Curtis Buchanan's design, and that's his design. Like, we're not we're yeah. not going to be giving away his design like that's his so it'll be more of the process you know like hey here's here's an overview on how a chair is made and here's the steps you need here's some of the tools you need and that type of thing so um so yeah we're doing a democratic chair uh mm-hmm. so wow yeah, it'll be piece, fun huh? it is yeah <laughs> it's, yeah 2024 yes. 2024 that's right democratic chair <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god now John's touching the other crowd. Yeah, I'm just I'm just uh, stirring everybody up. Yep. So yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, be in the next week, that means I need to finish this shave horse that I started building for the magazine. Um, and also means that I need to build a little kiln for chair parts. Which is what we were talking about before we started the podcast. So that will be fun. So but okay. we'll do a little bit of greenwood working. I got Rusty's like, Hey, just make sure you got some white Oak logs <clears> laying <throat> there that we can rive into chair parts. I'm like, dude, you're
0: like, dumb. I got white
2: Oak logs, you know? Uh, so yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. So being, that's kind of been a big push to get stuff moved into the shop. Cause I know Rusty's going to be here for the long weekend. He'll be coming in Wednesday, leaving Monday. So and over the long weekend, um, it's kind of been a push just to be able to get like the bench in there and the table saw and the band saws and all that stuff. So yeah. that's been kind of my driving factor, which has been fun.
0: Okay. And you've yeah. picked up a couple of chair making tools recently.
2: I did. Yeah. I bought a Scorp from a company called bar tools. They are in um, Idaho. Um, bar Uh used to make like a really nice set of bench chisels. Um, but they're having problems sourcing the handles. Uh, but uh, bar's a, a blacksmith, a small blacksmith shop. They make tools. So I bought a uh, Scorp from them. And I also bought a Travesher, um from Allen. Uh, I think Allen Williams. Um, it's actually sitting on my desk in there. Phil reaches up and grabs it. But um, that is for smoothing out the seat. It's basically like a chair seat. Plane? Finishing plane, kind of. Nope, um, oh, he's grabbing it. And there it is. So that is the Travisher. It is beautifully made. Um, yep. So there's the the radius on it. So the the scorp I bought matches that radius for the most part. Um, now, the thing with buying specialty tools like this, they are not cheap. Right. Like, you, like you're you're supporting. A small-time toolmaker, right? So, it's not like you're buying a, you know, Veritas whatever you know, that's made by the hundreds. You're you you're buying it from somebody that is literally making this to order for you which is, is kind of, I, I, I don't mind spending the extra to, to support somebody like that. So, um, yeah, I got the Scorp, the Travisher. Um, I picked up a Fro uh, a couple of months back from a Little blacksmith down in, I don't know, he, he might be large, I don't know. He's a small, you know, scale-wise, is small s- small-scale blacksmith in, I think, Alabama. And I also picked up a few of the, I don't know if I need these or not, I, I picked up a, a chair reamer from Veritas. And oh, okay. they're, they're tenon taper They're, <laughs> yeah, they're tenon shapers. Um so yeah, so I mean I'm all set up to build chairs now, yo. So we'll see. I'm trying to avoid like a rabbit hole though, is what I'm really trying to avoid.
0: Um seems like you're not very successful.
2: I I'm not successful at a lot of things in my life, Phil. (laughs) Thank you. So yeah, it's yeah. So what I need to start doing is oh, good.
0: I was going to say, are you going to be looking for any tools in particular at HandWorks to pick up?
2: Negative. I am leaving my wallet at home. I'm bringing my driver's license. That's it. Okay. Um, okay. Because, A, moving stuff from my basement shop into the new shop, I have realized how much crap I have. Like, to the point where I'm like, I forgot I had this. I forgot I had this. Oh, I bought this and never used it. Like, I have a tool fixation. I like to buy tools, <laughs> so I'm going to try to not buy any at Handworks. Okay,
0: um, I'm
2: not. Pl- I'm not planning on buying any. Um, I okay. need to actually really trim back what I have um, because I got the big fixtures out of the shop downstairs. The only thing that's left in there is my workbench and the drill press for the most part. Okay. I'm like, I don't have, I have nothing in the new shop to store stuff in. So I'm like, what the crap? And I don't want to put a bunch of cabinets in there. Right. Um, so, so no, I'm, I'm, what I'm really looking forward to at handworks is meeting several of the people that I featured in the magazine, um, in person. Uh, there's okay. a couple of small time tool makers that are going to be there. Um, the, the company that I got my apron from will be there. Leather by dragonfly, Patrick and Michelle, um, will Adams uh, from Honeybrook Tools will be there. Jared Green from Green Sawworks. Uh, now he is at Blue Spruce, making tools. Will be there. Um, so your buddies from Mortis and Tenon. <laughs> Mortis and Tenon guys will be there. Oh, I, thought that, I thought that I thought that was their names. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Mortis yeah. and Tenon. Yeah, yes. like Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. 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 Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, Lost Art Press will be there. It'll be fun. I'm gonna I've been emailing Megan back and forth, so I'll chat with Megan for a bit while I'm there. Um, yeah, I, if anything, I would pick up a couple books from from Lost Art Press. Okay. So
1: maybe when you get the shop all done, you should like host a like satellite handworks location, like tool swap meet <laughs> and sale.
2: <laughs> we'll do a tool sale. We'll do a tool garage sale because yeah. That needs to happen real freaking quick.
0: So. yep. All right. Speaking of tools, um, my dad picked up, I think it was from my, in my <laughs> grandparent. Like, Speaking of
1: tools, my dad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow.
0: No. <laughs> my dad picked up from, it was in my grandpa's, one of my grandpa's sheds after he passed away, uh, a timber framing mortising tool. So it like sits okay. on top of a beam, and then you pedal it with your hands, yep. and it Does spins that an chain, auger. The mm-hmm.
2: chain that goes around it,
0: or no? No, I don't think so. Okay, because I've se- I've seen
2: ones where they like chain onto the timber. Yeah, and, and then as my... you as you're doing that, it
0: yeah it, it feeds down a down. auger bit in to start drilling out mortises, and I think he's looking to move that on to a different owner. So. Mm. If anybody's interested in one of those and is going to be at handworks we'll bring it bring it yeah yeah <laughs> let's make a deal yeah
2: it does does handworks do do they have a like pre-show swap meet at all
0: i don't they know should i they don't totally think they should do like a like a english boot sale that's right thing. yeah
2: because i will tell you that's where most of my crap in the basement is is from yeah. it's like all vintage stuff like it's like it's all stuff I I couldn't leave alone and cold in a flea market by itself. So I brought it home. And yeah. Now it's alone and cold with a lot of other tools in my shop. Right. So, yeah. and I just don't have time to restore them. So.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, I could totally see that as a just the handworks trunk or treat event. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Although there are a couple of people that show up. That kind of do the vintage tool thing. Um, the first year they had it, um, oh, Patrick Leach was there.
0: Yeah, he's uh, been there a few the, years. Yeah,
2: yeah, from the Northeast, um, and I think he's the Northeast. Um, and I think it's—I I always think it's funny. And and I bought a few things from Patrick over the years. Um, bought a few things from uh, Jim Bodie Tools as well. Um, Patrick's always interesting because he has a lot of stuff. Like he shows up with like two Rubbermaid totes and five gallon buckets just full of stuff. Yeah. And nothing's priced. Right. You pick it up and you're like, hey, how much for this? And he'll be like, yeah, 60 bucks or 30 bucks. And And then you set it back down down and then. Yep. Make a loop, come back. How much? How much is this? It might be higher, might be lower. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like, oh, man. So there are those type of people that would probably be like, you know what? I don't think you guys should have a, a boot sale.
0: Yeah. I think there should be one, just an informal one. You know, parking is free out on different lots. Just bring some extra tools, post, put a little sign on the back of your car, put your cell phone number on it. There you go. Yep.
2: I don't know what the parking situation is going to be like there because there are going to be a lot of people there. Mm
1: Mm-hmm
2: there will be a lot of people. So, yeah. it might be one of those that I call my my mom and be like, "Hey, I'm going to park at your house. I need you to drive the 10 minutes to drop me off, please." <laughs> Take the shuttle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take the grandma shuttle.
0: <laughs> yeah. Couple of downtown Cedar Rapids lots just to... yeah. It's, yeah, no
2: kidding. I've heard a lot of the hotels were pretty busy. Yeah. Downtown that weekend. So, there's like w- there's like one hotel in uh, Amana's and it's like a old, It's the I, I think it's called the Woolen Mill, it's an old wool mill um,
0: yeah, oddly and, enough
2: yeah, and it's like there's no rooms there, yeah. none so
1: well, just down the road in Iowa City we'll be opening college football weekend that Saturday too so,
2: oh. I'm sure lovely,
1: you're gonna have a lot of traffic on Interstate 80 that yeah. day so. perfect,
0: super excited about we'll that, take the back roads yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. We'll go up to Highway 30 to get back. Home <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there
0: you go. All right. I know you're not much of a hand tool guy, John. But if there was something no. that you'd be looking for at Handworks, you got anything? Oh,
1: I don't know. I I mean, I go there and I think everything's cool and interesting. But like, if I bought something, it would just sit on the shelf and or hang on the wall as probably as a display piece. Okay. So. That's fair, but yeah, I think all that stuff's cool.
2: Well, I was really hoping he was going to give us a wish list because I was going to load him. Up. Yeah, you're like I have <laughs> like, to, I have a box
1: I of that for gonna, you right here. Yeah,
0: I was gonna. <laughs> you don't, don't even have bring to go him to Works. Banker's box. <laughs> yeah. Wish granted.
2: Yes. <laughs> you know what I think would be cool it would be like a wood swap meet too. Oh
1: yeah, like, like, like all the little scrap mean? special pieces of like. Yeah, like I,
2: yeah. I'm saying that because I moved all my. English boxwood stash off my router mm-hmm. table this last week. I oh, want yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Bring us your weird shit because that's what we yeah. want. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Weird turning blanks and. That's right. <laughs> be cool. You'd have to separate it out into different groups though, because it would be like well-aged hardwoods in planks on this section, and then on yep. the opposite side, you'd have to have your like small exotics. Yep. Yeah. All right, so we're looking forward to seeing a bunch of people at Handworks in a couple of weeks. I think that wraps it up for another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. If you want to check out uh, the free plan that we have with this episode, you can find out what that is on our show notes page over at shopnotes.com slash podcast. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and thumbs up, and all the little buttons to push on YouTube to tell you and tell us that you really appreciate the show. Um, You can also leave your comments there or send them to us at woodsmith at woodsmith.com. Special shout out to Titebond Glue. We're gonna be seeing those folks next week here in the office and uh, they're the glue that we use here all the time. I grew up on Titebond Glue and I don't think I would even buy another bottle of it, of other stuff. So we have long appreciated what they do and have and their support for the tv show over the years so thank you to tight bond check them out at tightbond.com we'll see you next week everybody bye